Welcome to Lacrosse Classified on the LAX All-Stars Podcast Network. Your home for the latest news from the National Lacrosse League and Indoor Lacrosse. Now, let's talk some lacrosse with your hosts, Jake Elliott and Evan Schemenauer. You just heard the man, lacrosse fans. Going back to the old intro for episode number 47 of Lacrosse Classified. Welcome back. You found us right here. On the Lacrosse All-Stars Podcast Network, where we grow the game one podcast at a time. And we're doing our part as it's Jake Elliott, Evan Sheminar back with you. Episode 47, Evan, uh, you're no longer in Port Coquitlam, where I live. You're back home in Saskatoon. It, it waited for you, but it just snowed in Saskatoon. It snowed quite a bit in Saskatoon. I should have just stayed in Poco for another week. It is absolutely gorgeous outside here. Not a cloud in the skies. We record on a Monday afternoon, and I don't know about you, Evan, but I'm, well, I miss you for one, but I'm having a bit of a an world indoor lacrosse championships hangover here with uh, with nothing to do here on a Monday except record our podcast. I managed to keep myself busy today, so I'm, I'm lucky, and I'm back to work tomorrow, so... Not too bad. And then, of course, I'm off to Vegas on Sunday. So, right. yeah, next week, another zip code all over again. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I hope you enjoyed your stay here. You did manage to get a new toilet installed in my second bathroom. I had to actually leave for work. You say you got it done in 42 minutes. Uh, nobody yep. around to verify that information. So we'll just have to trust your word on that. 42 minutes was the time start to finish. I did help a little bit, uh, which I know aided in that unofficial time, Evan. But, okay, uh, was you helped, to, meaning Was meaning happy to do it. I know you couldn't place. have done it without me, <laughs> yeah. so uh, no problems there. You did uh, You did yeah. happen to, to go out for a bit of a hike with me. You didn't, you didn't quite make it all the way to the top, and I'm super proud of the effort that you put in doing uh, doing the Coquitlam Crunch as well. You want to let the, the people know about that, Evan? Oh, that's that's a challenge and a half. If, if you've never seen it before, it's up the side of a mountain in an area where the power lines go through, so they got a whole bunch of stairs and pathways and what have you. I was dead by the time I made it to the top of the stairs, and you pushed me to keep going, so slowly I made my way a little bit further, but, you know, with the workout routine you've got, there's no way I was keeping up to you. <laughs> well, I tell you what, uh, you did way better than I did my first time attempting the Coquitlam Crunch. So uh, I'm glad I pushed you a little further than I was able to make it on my first time. But uh, I'm, I'm proud of you for, for getting out there and trying that because that's not an easy thing to do. I might actually go do that uh, tomorrow, I'm thinking, if the weather stays nice here again. Uh, we got a great program for you lined up here today. We're going to talk a bunch of World Indoor Lacrosse Championships. Lots to talk about from the week that just was, Evan, and we're going to talk to a couple of guys that won themselves a gold medal as well. Uh, the captain of Team Canada, Chris Corbeil, will join us here coming up in about 15 minutes' time from now. And then we'll have the head coach of Team Canada as well as we'll double down on the Maple Leaf here, Evan. Glenn Clark and Chris Corbeil will join us here on Lacrosse Classified this week. Looking forward to both of these conversations. 
Yeah, and the conversation we had after the tournament was over was, is this the greatest Canadian team of all time? And we couldn't get our heads around that one entirely, whether it was or wasn't. This is definitely the greatest Canadian defensive unit of all time, no question. Yeah, I don't think there's any question about that. I'd, I'd probably say the greatest coaching staff of all time, too. I have four head coaches in the National Lacrosse League manning Team Canada's bench. I don't know how you get any better than that. And when you look at it at the end of the day, if you look what the differences were between Canada and Iroquois, it's depth and it's defense. You know, the the Iroquois players on defense, a number of them, you know, would barely make an NLL roster where Canada, you know, you look at it that you got Rubish, you got Cross, It's the best defender got, on each yeah. team. Yeah, or sometimes the second and third because they're that good. But um, it, it was just astounding the effort they put in, and that effort in the, in the second quarter that they put in literally was the difference at the end of the game. Yeah, it was uh, it was a special. I was uh, happy. I, I got the nod. I got to call that one. I wasn't positive it was going to happen, and and it had me stressed out a little bit. It's not really something I talked about, but uh, it came down to it. They gave myself and Brad Schallner. Uh, the assignment for the gold medal game and the bronze medal game, and, and what a thrill it was and a pleasure to get back with the Chancellor and call some games. But um, the exact same score that it ended up in the round robin, 19-12, the final for Team Canada. Mike Poole in getting the start in goal there for the Canadians as well, and uh, a bit of a shaky start there in the gold, but came in and really, I mean, I think the boys were really playing hard for Pooley, knowing this was going to be his one and only shot. Yeah, and a lot, a lot of other, you know, side stories and whatnot. If you look at the celebration, there was nobody happier on that floor than Ding Doby. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know, you're right. This one meant so much to him. You know, he's he's maybe didn't celebrate it as hard as he did the NLL Cup, but it wasn't that far off. No, and and you know, Ding Doby will never tell you that it bothered him that he was left off rosters earlier in his career, probably when he was warranted to be there. And, and for those that don't know the Dane Doby story, he's he's come from a pretty dark place to, to clean himself up and, and get into a really good place with a beautiful family and a wife now. And, and that wasn't Dane Doby 10 years ago. And I think that hindered his chances of making Team Canada. Uh, but he gets rewarded here, and he gets to do it in his backyard in front of his friends and his family. And, and I think it's just a, a marvelous story. Um, Dane Doby persevering, and now... At the age that he's at, I don't even know what it is, Evan. I mean, he's mid-30s, playing the best lacrosse of his career. And, it, like, he just carried it right through the NLL, the summer season, and into the World Championships. The guy, like, he's amazing to watch. He's fantastic to watch, um, you know, and what a season he's had. I don't think any of us possibly expected this. Uh, and, you know, he, he finally got the deal done in Calgary, so he's going to be back. The other story that it's already an amazing story and could even get better next week is that Courier. Yeah. The guy had just yeah. won four titles in 12 months. Yeah, you got, all, can... you got all technical on me because I put in a calendar year, meaning January to January, when I really meant in a 12-month span, which I think most people got on Twitter. But you, you text me up, and you're like, you're wrong. It's not a calendar year. Anyways, you go on. Not, I just, yeah, yeah. Not, next, next week it could be. Wow. But, I mean, yeah, they, they, they put him down as a healthy scratch in a couple of the meaningless games. 
just to give him some rest. Because yeah, I was talking with him about this even at the tournament. And he, he went through the math. He's, it was about 62 or 63 games he's played already wow. this year. That's that's hardcore. So he's so wait a second. So so he won with the Denver Outlaws probably around this time last year, right? Right, right. The, but the he's season back, ended a little sooner. Yeah. yeah, but he's back in the MLL finals again. Is that what you're telling me? Like he's going back the, to try and win the, another? They're in the final four this weekend. They play Friday semis and <laughs> Sunday final. Yeah. So he could technically, like, I think him being winning the MLL, the NLL, the Man Cup, the World Championship, all in less than 12 months has never been done before by any lacrosse player on the planet. Not that I know of. Nobody has come to me and said, no, no, this guy's done it. And now he's got a chance to add a fifth. Nobody could come up with the answer. You know, everybody said well, Junior did that. No, Junior did not win the MLL title. He won four MVPs that year, yeah. but he did not win the MLL title. That was the one that was missing. And we found a few other threes where it was. Uh, Evans has was done the triple. There, I've, I've, I don't want to say a bunch of guys, but there's lots of guys out there that have done the combination of the triple, whatever combo that is. But obviously, you only got a chance to do the quad every four years with the world championships coming around. Well, Twice every four years, if you there play you go field. indoor outdoor. Of course, yes, good point. But you're telling me now that Zach Courier, in what could be twelve and a half months, could get five major titles, including two MLLs. Yeah, he's going to run out of room for championship rings pretty soon. That is incredible. <laughs> that is incredible. Yeah, congrats to Zach Courier. I like. How do you not put this guy up for the Lou Marsh Award now, Evan? Like, I mean, he's okay, got to be on the list. Unfortunately, how many Canadian sports writers know about it? The winner's going to be Bianca. We know him. Bianca's going to yeah. win it. But, uh, I, I mean, just like to see him get some recognition, man. Like, that is an incredible accomplishment. And I don't – mainstream media is not talking about it, obviously. And I don't know if these leagues got to get get the pump up going or what how it has to work. We'll do our part here on Lax Class. But start talking about – the accomplishment that Zach Courier has made here in the last 12 months. It's never been done before in the sport of lacrosse, and highly I doubt it will be done again. And it needs to be talked about. So whoever's listening to this, you got some media channels, start throwing some gasoline on the fire here a little bit because this is huge. Yeah, there are a lot of other nice little stories all week. Um, well, let's the let's, defense, let's talk the about the defense was a great. Story, it was. You know? Let's but let's let's save a little bit for the end of the show here, Evan. We're breaking format as it is already, uh, which I don't know uh, if we even have a format now with with who you got being done. But I want some stuff to talk about in the back half of the show, Evan. So let's pump the brakes on the worlds for right now. We still are going to do our report cards today. I don't even know if you've seen the report cards today. Have you on? You have not texted me this, so I'm going to yeah. be reacting on the spot. Okay, well, this is good. I think I might uh, I might want to do this more often because I think you get a more genuine reaction when you don't know what's coming at you, and I kind of like that. Like, people always – when I like sometimes when I go on LSN or, or whatever it is, they'll say, okay, this is what we're going to ask you, and this is what we're going to talk about. And I, and I always kind of say – like, don't tell me. I don't want to know what what. I don't want to formulate an answer in my head and then deliver that after I've thought about it. Like, just hit me, 
and let me react to it. And and on the flip side of things, like I will, will I'll book guests on on the program, Evan, and and they'll go like, you know, what are you what are you going to ask me? What kind of questions am I going to get? And and I'll always say like, oh, you know, I'm not going to ask you anything that you're going to be uncomfortable answering for the most part. But I don't want to tell you because. Then you're just going to be sitting there thinking about, oh, how you're going to answer the question. You don't get a genuine response. This is sounding like a letter grade that I should be issuing out here to myself somehow. But anyways, uh, let's get to Stampede Tax Weekly report cards, Evan. You had a chance to get out to Stampede Tax while you're here. Meet Kevin Michael Winkler and the gang down there at Stampede Tax. What would you think of the big store down there? It's hard that even in a place like Saskatoon where, you know, there's a fair number of ranchers and whatnot, you don't have a large selection of this type of stuff. Quite a very impressive uh, inventory there. Very generous guy. He gave us T-shirts, some hats, and all kinds of, you know, he even gave me a cowboy hat here to take home. And I went and picked up a pair of blunts once I saw it. I was like, yeah, I got to have those. So I went and got those while I was there. So fabulous setup, you know. You got to go check these blunt zones out because they are fantastic. Oh man, I've already worn mine once this season. The weather's starting to cool off uh, with the with the weight loss here, Evan. Actually, getting my blunt stones on is now accomplishable with uh, with my arthritic hip. That was a bit of a challenge, uh, eighty pounds or so ago, to try and get my left boot on my left blunt stone. But uh, it's a little bit easier now. So I'm looking forward to rocking out the blunt stones come fall season. Uh, make sure you check them out. Stampede.ca, shopping online, still shopping local. You gave away a bunch of T-shirts, uh, Wrangler T-shirts. They're circulating throughout the lower mainland now with uh, with the hashtags who you got and lax class on the back there. So that's kind of cool. Um, report cards, report cards. This is something that I've I've wanted to say for for a long time. And I net, like I always say it on Twitter. Well, I don't really say it, but I see it a lot on Twitter and whether it be high school laxers, college pro guys, fans, leagues, even at times saying, this is the F here, Evan. We're starting with F just so you know, it's I, I can't wait for lacrosse season. This drives me absolutely bonkers, man. It is always lacrosse. You never have to wait for lacrosse season. There is literally lacrosse going on 365 days of the year. Some form of lacrosse is always happening. I don't care if it's pro leagues season, summer ball seasons, field lacrosse, women's lacrosse, masters lacrosse, ball Ball lacrosse, high school, call it. There is always lacrosse season going on. You never have to wait for it. Stop saying it. Your reaction yeah, to Shemino. If, if you're saying it, it means you're focused on one type of lacrosse or one or two leagues. So if you're saying it, it means you're focused on NCAA and the PLL because PLL's over. And now you're waiting till next February, March for your next game. Check a whole bunch of this out. And I, I tell this even to people that are NLL fans, watch PLL if you get the chance, or watch MLL if you get the chance. Broaden your horizons on this a bit because there are some other skill sets and other things you can learn from you know, getting your game 
to work in both sectors of the sport. Yeah, I, I just, like, why are you waiting? You don't have to wait. So stop waiting and the, stop the, saying it. The only time you might be in a little bit of a flex is if you were saying Saskatchewan and you couldn't play from yeah. August yeah. till April, right? Wow. That's, we're, that's we're, a, both, we're, we're both working on the, the big boss to kind of try and change that there in the tune. Uh, maybe I'll, maybe I'll, if I ever move to Saskatoon, I could like manage an indoor lacrosse facility and set up a, a Saskatchewan-ish stampede tack and western wear out there. Little, little combo, okay, I, got, I got to see you coming though in, in cowboy gear to work every day. That would be well. Phenomenal. Uh, <laughs> you're gonna actually, I guess, probably see me in a little bit of cowboy wear coming up. Uh, we got to talk about this a little bit later. We'll talk, should we talk about that later? On? Yeah, we'll when talk we about that the, yeah. later on. But uh, I got, I got some. I got some obligations to take care of, I suppose, is one way to say it. Uh, All right, so F, stop waiting for lacrosse season. It's always lacrosse season. D, I'm just going to give to the fact that the World Championships are over, Evan. I I waited four years for this to come to Langley, and like it – and now it's over in a blink of an eye, and I'm just – I'm a little little taken back that it's, it's done. Like it's gone. Okay, but keep in mind, you're three years away from the next world championship sitting Coquitlam. Well, right? that's you're the saving grace right there. Yeah, no, right? that's that's what I'm hanging on to now. Mm-hmm. The, the nice thing there was you had two facilities that were right next to one another. You know, if there was a blowout going on in the arena bowl, I could take 100 steps. I could go watch the other game on the other floor, right? Yeah. Now, the one complaint people had was that well, the Arena Bowl isn't full. Okay, do I expect a Scotland versus Finland to fill the Arena Bowl or whoever it would happen to be? I don't, right? It took until the last game for the crowd to get where we had hoped it would. There were probably about 4,500 people in attendance for the final. Fabulous crowd. You haven't seen the LEC lit up like that in a little while, which was phenomenal. But to me, the world's is much more about the development of these young nations, because mm. I guess I may have been there, right? Sure. Uh, and, you know, watching a Hong Kong or watching a Serbia or, you know, whoever, it ha- you know, Austria or whoever it happened to be, and watch them and w- see how they improve as, as the tournament went on. And that really, when we look at the future of the game, if we want this to be in the Olympics long term, that's where we have to be. So that really was my focus point. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say little disappointing with the crowds. I don't know if, you know, the fact that they offered up the stream for free changed that or if the, the ticket pricing price point was a little out of whack. I don't know. But they, they showed up for the gold medal game. And I've been in that building, Evan, since the door swung open 10 years ago. And I don't think I've ever, whether it's been a Giants playoff game, the – uh, home opener for the Stealth, the 2013 Champions Cup, the 2016 Minto, whatever it's been where there's been a huge crowd there. I don't I don't think I've ever felt energy. I know this is supposed to be a D here, but I don't think I've ever fe- felt energy like that inside the LEC with the drums and the music and the intro and the, all of it. It was just uh, – it was intense, man. Like it, it had it all. Uh, gave me the chills. But, yeah, I – 
I was kind of like when when I got my schedule, I, I think I ended up calling twenty games over a ten day stretch. I had three one day and, and one one day and two the rest of the days. But um, you know, I kind of looked at my schedule and I kind of mapped out who I was going to be calling, and I had some games in there. Where I was like, Ugh, like I, you know, I'm doing this one really. It was the total wrong attitude to have because once once I started and kind of watched and and you know it was kind of an opportunity for me to talk to the listener that maybe tuned in from Sweden or Slovakia or Austria or wherever it was and they, they I'll see something and go okay well that wasn't that quite that wasn't quite right and here's why it wasn't quite right and why it you know here's what to do to make it right and. Hopefully, like I, I kind of took it on as a bit of an opportunity to educate new lacrosse fans to watching a bit of the the smaller nations get after it. And I was actually surprised how many of the smaller nations, you know, people that were big time lacrosse fans, but you know, we're talking LL fans all since. Like, yeah, I watched Australia, Finland. Like, oh wow, really? Right? And because those games were available for free. Yeah, people took to them, and that Huge. once again is this reoccurring theme that with the big leagues, they need to start to be aware of. If you really want to get your product out there to the individual that maybe is going to come and watch some games and pay some money to come in the building, you needed to get it on there for free. Agreed, Evan Schemenauer. Agreed. I think uh, the closing remarks. I think she said over one hundred and sixty. 7,000 unique hits uh, up to a certain point. So they they were very pleased with the reaction um, and engagement that they got from the viewer on lacrosse or laxnet sportsnet. Man, uh, <laughs> a little trouble there. Okay, uh, so there's our D, and that's just the world games being over. They're gone. They've left town. It's done. Medals have been handed out, and I'm going through withdrawals today. So that's getting a D. C is the next world, and we'll see if they change the verbiage here, Evan, after we talk to, to Jim Shear. I think the next one might be called the World Box Lacrosse Championships, the WBLC. We'll see. We'll see. But right now it's the WILC, the next location for 2023 normally gets announced at the tournament at some point. That's when Langley was announced was in Onondaga. Uh, They did announce the U19s are going to Ireland, which is pretty cool, but they didn't announce a new home for the 2023 or the 2023 worlds. What do you make of this? I think it probably has to come down to, the bids that are there and there might just be issues with them. And before they say, here's where we're going, they want to have something a little more concrete. The Canadian lacrosse association put in a bid, but they put in a bid saying we'll host it. We don't know where. And that I think is problematic. And you announce like, okay, it's going to be in Canada next year, but where? Yeah. Right? It's not coming to Canada. Evan. I, let's not kid ourselves. Well, it's been three out of the five years. It's been in Canada. It was in Onondaga, which is North America. The other one. So I think this thing, well, but, but is is going, well, because here's the thing is that the other two bids that we know of are Thailand, which, okay. I don't know how that's even plausible. And, the Czech Republic, who have hosted it themselves already themselves. Right. Now, but a long time ago. Oh, 2011. 
Yeah, so I mean, well, almost a, it'll be over a decade, though, right? They'll have new infrastructure facilities. Yeah. Another decade of lacrosse in 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 the Czech Republic. I, I, I guess the challenge is is that you know, are they going to be able to get the crowds? Are they going to be able to have the volunteer support and things like that? But mm. by the same token, you know, they struggle in in Langley. You know, and that's a hotbed of lacrosse. You know, that shouldn't be happening, but it is. You know, we were talking within our chat groups, like, okay, if it's coming back to Canada, where? And the only suggestion that even made partial sense was Saskatoon. Maybe Calgary. You know, like it's... Yeah, I'd say those would be two two strong candidates as far as city goes. I said on the air uh, early in the tournament, I can't remember who I was, who I was working with at the time. You know what I'd like to see, Evan? I'd like to see the world championships for box lacrosse be in Onondaga every four years. It's the birthplace of the sport. It's the motherland. Syracuse poured out in droves for that tournament. I don't see why they wouldn't again. It's where it belongs. Well, it's where it belongs. It's where it belongs. No, I understand, but it's a case of two. They got to come up with some serious cash, some serious corporate sponsorship. And let's be honest, City of Langley was subsidizing this tournament to an extent, just like Onondaga Reserve would have to subsidize sure, the tournament. But to I an think extent. the new folks How much can they afford to do? The new folks at World Lacrosse, I think, have some major connections as far as their networks go. And you're gonna start to see that corporate sponsorship. I I, I think this deal with L S N is just the beginning as far as that goes. I think that's a relationship that's really going to blossom. And I think the people that are in charge now running World Lacrosse have a big vision. The great part about it is kind of hanging around those. This is a long report card here, but we're, we're hanging around is they are open to talking and getting feedback and getting suggestions and taking all this data and then making it their own and saying, okay, this is a, probably a pretty good idea. We don't need to listen to that, but at least they're open to having conversations with people that have been surrounded by the sport for a long time. And they're, they're collecting information from all sorts of different people to try and improve things every time they do this. Yeah. I had a conversation with Jim Shear after the podcast and had very much the same uh, conversation with them about giving feedback. The one thing that I wish they would have done is to have developed the women's box game by now Yeah, to the point where it would have been box lacrosse that's the event in the Olympics. Cause I think the person that has never seen the game played before would fall in love more with the box game than the field game. Yeah, yeah, and I think it would be more conducive for Olympic sport as well. Um, that's that's a big conversation that, that needs to happen. But we need to move on here, Evan. We're moving on to letter grade B, and this one's going out to all the fans on social media this past 10 days, Evan. I don't know how many new followers I got and how many interactions I had throughout uh, the entire tournament, but you know, 99% of it, if not a hundred was all positive and fun and engaging. And that's what I love. Like, especially when you're calling a blowout game, whatever it is, 20 to three, and you don't want to focus on this game because one team is obviously way better than the other. So social media is a way to kind of 
bridge the the game a little bit and and have some fun, have some interactions with the fans who I know are watching. And this is a this is a big fun part of my job that I really enjoy for the most part. Yeah, I was even surprised too as to you know I, I knew we had you know outreach in North America, especially amongst the NLL markets, but I was surprised when people from Australia come up and shake my hand or people from Europe come up and shake my hand at the tournament, and it's like, wow, we've, you know, we've reached this many people already. And, you know, it's, it's nice to know that there's this, uh, this world out there that we don't get to see that much, but it's there. Yeah. Well, you're a big celebrity around the LEC for a week there, Evan. I got to admit people were uh, asking for your autograph, taking selfies, <laughs> with you, all sorts of stuff. Uh, <laughs> right, 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 giving right, away right. free t-shirts had nothing to do with it. Uh, I'm sure. So fans on social media are getting a B and I just want to give the A out here, Evan. And, and this is probably me being a bit of a homer, but I think they deserve it. And that's the Langley event center staff who, yeah, again, I've I've worked with that building for the better part of a decade in one capacity or another, and I've seen a lot of events come and go through those doors. And regardless of what you thought of the attendance, the the staff there and the event in its own for the portion that they are responsible for, which was a big one, for 20 countries to be there and for that thing to run as smooth as it did, it it doesn't happen without a great staff led by... Jason Winslade and, and Tyler Dinwiddie and, and the production by James Sutherland. Like it, there's so many things that go into making a tournament run as smooth as that one did. I don't think a lot of people can wrap their head around what goes into pulling something like that off. But if there was one thing I knew when the, the games got awarded to Langley was that they were going to do it and it was going to be professional and it was going to be smooth and it was going to be classy and it was going to be all the things that I've seen over the last decade, whether it be high school championships or what have you. Uh, so the the staff at the Langley Event Center are getting the A this week for just hosting an amazing 10 days at the World Championships. No, I enjoy myself thoroughly and you know they, they have been asking me already a year ago, hope you can make it. And, you know, I was glad I definitely made the trip. And they also reacted to a lot of things on the spot that, you know, made things run smoothly. <laughs> Number one thing, that lineup for that Iroquois merchandise. <laughs> yeah. like, but the fact they started getting it gated off and segmented and so that the flow of the crowd didn't get interrupted, mm. right? <laughs> or little even, things. you know, getting getting the little extra security when there was that incident there between uh, uh, incident, but that game between Australia and Finland, right? Yeah, yeah. And just making sure people got through the building in a certain way so there was nothing going to happen. And these are the little things that you don't normally see make a huge difference at the end of the day. Absolutely. So, LEC staff, uh, you're getting the A for for just a great week. Uh, in, a, in a 10 days, I will I'll honestly, I'll never forget, Evan, um, just a fabulous 10 days at the World Championships. We're way long here. I just realized uh, Chris Corbeil's probably waiting for us to call him right now, so let's do that. Let's take a break, and we got the captain of the Saskatchewan Rush, but more importantly, Team Canada, Chris Corbeil on the other side right here. Thanks for listening to Lax Class on the Lacrosse All-Stars Podcast Network. Pure Vita Labs is proud to bring you the highest quality sports supplements on the market. PVL products are 100% all-natural with no artificial flavors, colors, or sweeteners. And the entire line is also Informed Choice Certified. 
We designed all our products with the athlete in mind. We look forward to being a part of your athletic achievements, helping you push the bar higher, win at the highest levels, and set personal records for years to come. Hey, this is Blaze Raven of Team USA and the Philadelphia Win. You're listening to Lax Class, growing the game one podcast at a time. Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified here on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. You heard it right there from our friends at Pure Vital Labs. They were hanging around the LEC on gold medal game day. I know you stopped by the booth, Evan. Anything else would be on Sportsman Like. Find them at pvl.com. Tons of lacrosse players on these supplements, Evan. They are the best on the market, informed choice certified, all natural. And they got the goods at Pure Vital Labs. Uh, joining us now, I don't think you've ever done lacrosse class. I know I had you on the rush hour, but first timer on Lax class, I believe. It's the captain of Team Canada in the Saskatchewan Rush. Chris Corbeil Corps, thanks for doing this so much. Hey, my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Excited for my, my first time here. Yeah, as are we, and I'm sure the listeners are as well. Uh, still drunk? <laughs> no no i've uh i've sobered up but uh i wasn't by the time we were on the plane so i, I think i made a bit of a fool of myself at the airport but luckily uh roommate and good buddy of mine kyle rubish oh, yes. uh, was responsible one of us was anyway so that was good and he was uh he had to play babysitter on uh on sunday morning but uh the roles well, have been reversed in the past so okay, he you know okay i, I you know it, yeah, go ahead. Speaking of rubes, speaking of rubes, he, he scored twice, and I owe him two beers now after this tournament. Is he, oh, he going to be a transition threat though? Oh, the the year? He's got his confidence up. <laughs> uh, he, you know what? If if it means you're buying him drinks, it's probably a good incentive for him to score. That's for sure. But I, I don't know. It's you saw his his hands looked good and tight there, but his footwork on that first goal he scored, <laughs> he just he he forgot to keep him moving, and he. He got bit by the turf monster. Luckily, uh, he was able to bury it with that twister five hole. But yeah, the uh, he, he can get the hands going or the feet going, but not both, I guess. Uh, yeah, if people don't actually believe in the turf monster, it is a real thing. That was living proof of that <laughs> uh, right there. You had a couple of Genos in that uh, tournament yourself there, Captain Corbeil, and, and we made mention of it on the broadcast. Uh, you showed a little flair in in your in your setup this week. Uh, red head, gold shaft. Like I, I was so flashy for you. I I, I was kind of taken back a little bit. Yeah. So here's the story behind that. The the gold shaft I've had for a little while. Um, because I think it was just what we got at the start of the season. I'm usually not too particular as long as it's right the right length and it's not going to break on me. But uh, I had my old head on there from last season. And uh, it had been a little while since I broke out the lacrosse stick, admittedly, uh, with taking the summer off and everything. So when I showed up in Vancouver and we, we got to our first practice in Langley, I noticed that the sidewall and the mesh was actually starting to rip. And I didn't even – I don't carry a backup or anything because I'm a knuckle dragger. So I'm like, oh, geez, what are we going to do? So I actually used it, ripped, for the first couple games of the tournament – and then I got my hands on uh, actually one of Mark Matthews' old twigs. And his normally throw the way I like them. So um, I, I kind of 
you know, I he he somewhat offered it. I somewhat okay. took it. Okay. Well, that's and, why you got a couple. You got the mailman yeah, stick. Yeah, and, the, and, and, next thing you know. and the, yeah, exactly. He used one of Mark's sticks. He's got tons of goals in those things. And I thought it was fitting, right? Matching the the gold shaft with the red head. No, Wait, what's going to be trouble is when I go back to Saskatchewan and I don't want to switch though, and I want to continue <laughs> using that. You look like Soupy <laughs> with the purple strings yeah. and the. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, it's it's even worse though. At least I mean. Red, yeah, that's with not, the rough so you can't do it. Rival, you can't do yeah, it. <laughs> There's good. no way. There's no way. I gotta get a paint to job or something. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Off the top of the show, uh, Jumbo and I are talking with you. Know, we're not sure if this is the greatest Canadian team ever assembled, but we know that this was the greatest Canadian defensive unit ever assembled. And defense often doesn't get enough love when it comes to the game. But with that unit that you had back there. You're in a position where you don't have a bad five-man combination. It doesn't matter who's on the floor. It had to be pretty comforting to be playing with that group. It was incredible, and it's it. You know, when, when the team was announced, I I looked at the roster and I'm like, yeah, this is a great team. And then it started to dawn on me actually when we showed up to the first team meeting, and I'm looking around and I'm like, my God, I'm I'm one, like the smallest guy in this room, and I'm usually one of the one of the bigger guys. We had giants out the back door, like. Challen Rogers, Matt Beers, Hopi, Cole, Hossick, Rubes. These guys are like really big dudes. So, yeah, it, it was an impressive group back there. But it, it's funny, though. We still let the Iroquois score 12 against us. And don't get me wrong, that's a stacked team. But I think you, you know, you look at the defense and the guys that are back there. I, I think all of us kind of wished we had a little bit more time to, to practice and play a little together leading up to the tournament. Uh, to, you know, <laughs> that get, would not get, be get a little fair. cohesiveness. That would not be <laughs> fair if you guys were allowed to do that. I mean, just just talk about that dynamic, Chris. Like, you're the captain of Saskatchewan, but then you go into a, a room of superstars, like 20 superstars in there, multiple captains and assistant captains throughout the room. And they put the C on you, and, and, and I said it was like I've been around you long enough to know what kind of captain you are, and, and they couldn't have made a better choice for, for Team Canada. But how do, you, how do you take that role on, and how do you manage that role when you have an entire locker room full of leaders and great players? Yeah, it, it. You know what? It was firstly, it was such an honor and a privilege to be named captain because, as you just said, it's 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 a team and a locker room filled with guys that, that do that for their teams at the highest level. Right. So it was, it was a great honor and I was, I was thrilled about it, but yeah, it was, it was, it was tough. And there was a little bit of an adjustment period at the start. I actually felt like I was a little bit more, a little, a little quieter than usual. I'm, I'm usually pretty vocal. We don't, we have lots of leaders in SAS, but not a lot of guys that like to speak up. So I normally get most of the speaking stuff. Um, but this, you know, this group had guys that were vocal. Beersy likes to likes to talk. Pooley's got, you know, lots of lots of words of encouragement and Dolby, stuff. He wants is to Dolby get a talker, Corbs? <laughs> <laughs> I was talking about the back end. Oh, yeah. okay, okay, up, okay. Up front, there's, uh, yeah, there's between Dolby, uh, Matthews, and Dixon, uh, a lot, yeah, <laughs> a lot to be said. Those guys are pretty outspoken. But it was, it was, you know what? It was an adjustment period. I kind of settled in. The more comfortable you get with guys, the more comfortable you feel talking in the room. So I eventually got there, but I, I definitely started off, you know, I felt a tad bit uncomfortable because you don't want to, these guys all get it. Like I didn't want to sound preachy because, yeah. you know, I had been 
selected captain when any one of them could have been selected captain, right? So it was it was a little it was a little awkward at first, but I kind of I think I found my rhythm. As the tournament went along, at first the refereeing was to the point where anybody goes down, there's a penalty being called, and you're kind of wondering half the time what's being called. Then you get to the final. And you almost had to commit murder to get into the penalty box. <laughs> How big of an adjustment was it when all of a sudden you notice the officials are not calling it the way that you've been used to the rest of the week? Yeah, you know what? I I, I honestly I saw that one coming, and it was it wasn't surprising that they called it so tight in the round robin because they just t- that's the way it tends to go internationally, and it was frustrating to the nth degree, like getting called on all this stuff and the holding penalties. And they, they seem to be calling like a lot of technical stuff. If you took, yeah. if you took one hand off your stick as a defender, you were toast. Even like whether you held the guy or not. Yeah. It, it was, it, but then you'd get like blown up on a backpack and there, they wouldn't even think about calling it. Right. And uh, like, like Evan said, unless you really tried to sell it as a dive, but I kind of had a feeling, though, that heading into that final game, that the refs didn't want to have too too big of an impact on the I'm game. Glad I they just did. Like, I mean, they, yeah. they called it the right way. I just wish they would have called it like that all week. I know, I know, and it's frustrating that they didn't. And, and truth be told, like we really didn't adjust the way we were, we were getting called, and we were never saying like, okay, guys, we gotta we gotta tighten things up a bit, or like let's you know be less aggressive. We kind of said, like, listen, that shouldn't be a penalty, and we're not going to ask you to adjust the way you play out the back door. Like, just keep doing our thing. And um, it ended up working for us in the finals because, like, they, they, they tended to put the whistles away a little bit. So it worked out in our advantage. Absolutely. As we speak with the captain, Chris Corbeil of Team Canada. Evan, I thought you were just sending me a message now. Apparently it's an old message. That's what that question mark there. So I'll just tell you, this is what Evan and I do. We'll let the secret out of the bag here for you, Chris Corbeil, and the listeners. So when we're talking with a guest and we're both on the phone, we just DM each other on Facebook Messenger. If I'm going to ask a question, he's going to ask. If we're done asking, so that was, that's what we're talking about right there. Um, I don't know why I'm telling people that, but I just did. It's, it's out there now. As we speak with Chris Corbeil, let's touch on uh, – Saskatchewan here before we let you go, Chris. Uh, season training camp right around the corner. I'm sure you love hearing that. But uh, yeah. season not too far <laughs> away. Uh, you get a couple of the big dogs back and Jeff Cornwall, Ryan Dilks. Those guys are obviously going to help on the back end. And, and a newcomer coming in and, and Garland. How excited are you to, to get back to where you guys probably feel like you belong here coming uh, up this season? Yeah, it's going to be huge. I, I I knew Jeff and Ryan were going to be, you know, big misses last year, but I liked what we brought in and I, I thought we would, we would still be in great shape, but you know, truthfully, I, I, I definitely underappreciated those guys while they were there. And it wasn't until they were gone that I realized just how important they were and, and not just on the floor, off the floor. Ryan is such a great dressing room guy and, 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 and Cornwall has this quirkiness to him, but he's, he seems to fit in with our group and he, He's another guy that just like lightens the mood and you know gets along so well with everybody. So it uh, those two guys were truly missed, and I'm I'm very excited to get them back. And like you said, get get the defense back to and the and the whole team back to you know championship caliber. Obviously, we're pretty disappointed with the result last year with the first round exit in the playoffs, and I think we'll we'll be looking to make amends for that this season. And I think we'll you know. 
we responded pretty well when we when we didn't win it in in 2017. We came back in 2018 with a vengeance. I think you'll see the same thing this year in 2020. You heard it from the captain right here. Rush to the cup on Lax Class, uh, Chris. Congratulations so much on uh, another gold medal with Team Canada. Can't wait to see you coming up uh, in just over a month at training camp and rush season right around the corner, man. Can't wait. Awesome. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And I, I, I'm, I told you how impressed I was with all the weight you lost. Yeah. And you went from jumbo to slimbo. And uh, <laughs> congratulations on that, hey, sir. Thanks. And uh, hopefully another, great job. Hopefully another 20 yeah. by the time I get out to Saskatchewan. Yeah, I look forward to it. I hope so, man. I hope so. I'm going to have to uh, like, get one of your suits off you now because I need to buy a whole new wardrobe now, apparently. And that's, it's all good things, though, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <good>. Absolutely. <laughs> all right, Chris. Thanks for doing this, man, and we'll talk to you soon. Yep, sounds good. Talk to you guys soon. All right. That was the captain of Team Canada and the captain of the Saskatchewan Rush, Chris Corbeil Evan, and uh, always a good time talking to my man Corbs. Oh yeah, uh, very friendly out, you know, guy that's out there. Um, you know, had no issue even talking to him post game. He was all excited. Mm. You know, honestly, though, he wasn't as excited with this cup as he was with the NLL Cup. So. Let's see if he can win another one. We can get another one of those big celebrations. Speaking of the cup, that that Cockerton cup is a good-looking cup. Like, you can drink out of that thing. It's big. Yeah, it's heavy. It's a good-looking cup. Stan Cockerton was there, uh, by the way. But, yeah, just going back to it, like, I think Chris Gorbiel was the, the perfect selection to wear the C for that team. And uh, it proved as they come home with another goal. What is it now at the World Championships, Evan? 30-0, 31-0, something like that? I think at least 30 and know is correct. Okay, there you go. They haven't lost ever. We're going to take a break, and we're going to talk to the head coach of Team Canada coming up next. He's also the head coach of the New England Blackwells. It's the professor, Glenn Clark, on the other side. Keep it right here on Lance Class on the Lacrosse All-Stars Podcast Network. Hey, this is PBL athlete Zach Courier of Team Canada Lacrosse, the Calgary Roughnecks, and Peterborough Lakers. You're listening to Lax Class, growing the game one podcast at a time. Welcome back to Lax Class here on Lacrosse All-Stars. Jake Elliott, Evan Sheminar with you, and now joined by the head coach of the New England Black Wolves, but also the head coach of the gold medal world champion, Team Canada Lacrosse uh, Professor. That has to sound pretty good when, when, you, when you hear it like that. Gold medal world champion. It absolutely does. Yeah, it's uh, it's quite a journey to get there. So when you come out the other end with the result, it's it's certainly nice. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, I I made my way down to the turf right after the game. <laughs> you know, you guys were probably 10, 15 minutes after the game or whatever it was uh, at that point, and I kind of went up on you, and you just kind of like was like a big exhale and like pressures pressures off. That's a lot of pressure going into a tournament like that where a team has never lost never never lost the gold medal but never lost a game and then now all of a sudden you're the head coach and you got to try and keep that legacy alive. That's that's a lot to handle. It is. I mean, it's it's such a a program of success so since 2003 and there is. I mean, you're 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 carrying a heavy mantle you know, the expectations are always high. And, and I think the coupled with that is, is, you know, everybody's catching up, so to speak. I mean, I don't think it's ever really been 
that big of a separation, particularly between uh, us and Iroquois. I mean, if you look back on the history, it's been some close games, yeah, you know, overtime game, yeah. one goal games, uh, you know, two goal splits. So, I mean, record wise, it, it, it might look like dominance, but in, in terms of gameplay, uh, it's, it's been a lot closer than people may realize over the years. Through the process when you have a tournament like this, because you only have a few days to get guys together. You got superstars from, you know, across the league and you're going to have to have guys that are going to be healthy scratches. You're going to have guys that are used to being the number one guy on their team. Now relegated to say the seventh forward, take us through the process of how you determine all this in such a short time frame. It really starts, you know, months prior when we, go through the selection process with with all of the staff and there was seven decision makers all the coaches and the gm included and it's quite a uh it takes quite a while to go through it in terms of selecting the roster and and you know one of the real challenges is you're putting a team together and and i think some people and sorry glenn i know I, I don't mean to cut you off here but i just want i just want fans to kind of understand that this team just gets put together. There's no real formal tryout process to to go and watch and say, okay, this guy's performing really well right now. I'm going to take him. This this team is just kind of you get a, a player pool and you and you just kind of whittle this thing down. Am I am I correct in this? Yes, absolutely. So we you know we start the process with everybody basically putting a roster together, an extended roster, um, and it's it's sort of done blindly. Every everybody kind of submits. Uh, what they think would would make up a good group of you know five offensive righties, six offense or five offensive lefties, and then a group of D guys in goaltenders, and we sort of build it that way. And um, you know, there's there's lots of commonality in terms of you know who people select, but it is a team that you're selecting. So you know, there's always you know looking at who's not there and who is there. But you're also looking for a good balance and, and complementary pieces. And I think we found a good group and, and did a good job with, with lots of back and forth, lots of dialoguing, a group that would work well together. And to Evan's point, when you, when you get this short window of time, uh, the, the benefit is you got real high lax IQ with these players. Mm-hmm. So you can get a lot done in a short period of time. But there's also a real buy-in and, and – you know, I think it's easy at this level because they look around and see what's surrounding them and they understand that, you know, there's there's micro minutes in the game where they're going to have to do things that they don't maybe do all the time. But, you know, they, they know what's at stake and, and they know what's around them. So it's 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 easy to get that buy-in from them. We talked about this as well as Chris Corbeil. The difference really between... Canada in the Iroquois in this tournament was the defense. And you had this unit that it didn't matter what five guys you put on the floor, you were going to have an excellent five guys together. Tell us about the contributions that these guys made to the end result. They're just, I mean, they're just an outstanding group. Is it the best ever, Glenn? Is this the best ever defense Canada has ever produced at a world championships? Well, I kind of like 2003 myself when uh, when I was playing, okay. so I might be a little biased. But uh, a very uh, good team, very good team, no question about it. Yeah, but uh, they certainly, 
you know, they're certainly one of the best. I mean, you know, it's, it's really hard when you go across different tournaments and, and different, you know, generations and that type of stuff. But I mean, when you look at the athleticism and, and the IQ, uh, you could absolutely put them in the conversation as one of the best. And, you know, we've had really good groups over the last five championships, but just a great group to work with. Uh, I mentioned the lax IQ prior uh, athleticism, but really, you know, buy-in and professionalism and lack of ego. And, yeah, and just a good good group to work with. That's exactly what I kind of wanted to ask you about, Glenn. The lack of ego. I I was talking with uh, one of the assistants from the Iroquois, Rob Williams, who uh, obviously you know coaches with the Roughnecks and. And yeah. his, one of his comments, just kind of looking over at Team Canada, is like, "That's a really good team over there." There was no, there was no bickering, there was no snickering, there was no, you know, kind of clicks or whatever. Like, and when when you got twenty, twenty three superstars in a room together, that's there's a lot of ego in there. There just is. And if you don't have an ego, you're probably not getting to the point where you're making Team Canada. But for all those guys to kind of check that at the door and become one is maybe the most impressive thing out of all of it. And it really was. I mean, it's not just lip service and it's not just a feel-good story. It genuinely was. And it was just, there was no, there was no issues of sorting things out and, and worrying about hierarchies and, and any of that. I mean, it was just, it was very seamless from the beginning. And it was just, it was really nice group to work with. I mean, you didn't have to push push any buttons or, or worry about, you know, conversations or anything that you do, you know, when you're, when you're coaching at all the different levels. And it was, it was just very easy and seamless and messaging was easy. Uh, and, and certainly, you know, adaptations that had to be made because, you know, you're bringing a lot of systems and a lot of different uh, yeah. information bases together. But that, that part of it was, was, was very, professional and very i mean there's certainly dialogue and and clarity and all that type of information and people pushing each other in the right way right but not not from a bad place it was yeah. all it was well, all from, it was all from it was all from a good spot yeah and i mean we we talked to your captain chris corbeil just prior to you uh glenn and yeah I, i've obviously been around chris for the better part of a year now watching him and, and how he wears the sea in saskatchewan and i thought man like this is the perfect choice for you for for him to captain team canada and and like that's a massive honor to put a c on your jersey when you got your na- nation's colors on how did you come to the selection of chris corbeil why did you select chris corbeil and and maybe you can add the rest of the leadership group into that as well Chris, Chris was a guy that was with us in 11 and 15. So I got to work with him there. Um, I obviously am, am, am good friends with Derek Keenan. So I've had a lot of dialogue with him over the years about his group and his leadership group. And when you talk to anybody about Chris, uh, you know, outside of what I know personally, it's always good rapport and it's always the professionalism. And in these types of tournaments where it is very quick, uh, with groups coming together from a coaching standpoint, you need an excellent liaison between players and coaches. And he checks all those boxes. I mean, not only is he, you know, world-class player, but, you know, just to see him interact and, and, and a big theme and a big thing we do with uh, team Canada since I was playing was, you know, it's all about integrating the family and we do dinners and things to, you know, to, to really bring a, a larger 
a base, a larger family base together. And, you know, Chris is, is networking and not, not because he has to, but, you know, he's really good at integrating everybody and making sure everybody feels welcome. And it's not, again, it's not by, because he thinks he has to, it's just, it's, it's what's in his nature. And he just, I mean, he did a great job uh, as a player, obviously, but just representing the country, representing what that captaincy should mean. Uh, and, and I think he was just an excellent choice. I was having a conversation with Ed Como on Sunday night. And, of course, one of the questions I asked him was, have you heard how Lyle's doing? And, of course, his response was, this is the one week the coach doesn't get to know the status of his player. <laughs> yeah. And you had the exact same thing happen to you with Doug Jameson. Yeah. Any word as to how it's going to be or is there going to be just banged up just from the length of the season? What's the status? Yeah, Eddie and I were in the same position. And, you know, people would ask us. And I said, you know what, it, it really – it, it, I, it's not appropriate for me to reach out to him at this point. It just, you know, it, you just, you can't do it in that environment. Uh, it seems self-serving and it's just, you don't want to do it. I mean, yeah. you're, you're competing against another nation and you want to show them the respect. You don't want to, you know, be looking like you're trying to get inside information. So I, I didn't reach out to Dougie at all. Um, I obviously, like everybody else, knew he had hurt himself and saw the mechanism of injury. So I assumed it was, you know, leg, groin, hamstring, something of that nature. Uh, and now after the fact, it, it looks like it's a it's sort of soft tissue hamstring thing. So I don't think it's going to be anything long term. It's just he didn't have enough, you know, he needed weeks instead of days to yeah. recover. And he just, he just didn't have enough time with that, that type of injury. An interesting season coming up ahead of you in the NLL, new division. You've got two expansion teams in there. So you got a fantastic opportunity when you got a lot of games against teams that, you're going to have an advantage on. You also have a significant advantage in a lot of Sunday home games. Take it through the upcoming season. What do you think is going to happen? Well, I like a couple of things. I like, uh, you know, we've, we've had a young group and we've been building particularly on the back end for a while. So you get that internal growth, which, which you know, players mature and, and, and get better as they go. So, And we've got quite a few of them that are – you know, being 22 to 24 makes a big difference. And, and so we're seeing that growth from within. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously getting Andrew Q in the draft uh, and adding Jordan Durston. Uh, one thing we wanted to focus on was our offense. Uh, at times we were dangerous, but not consistently enough. So I think, you know, with Callum on the right side and Joe Rezateris and Davey Amala and then adding Durston Q to that left side, I think we start becoming a little bit more dangerous, a little bit more well-balanced. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited about the opportunity to generate more offense. I think, you know, we talk about maturation. I think Dougie Jameson, who we just talked about, had a had an excellent summer uh, and is starting to, you know, become one of those goalies, one of those goalies that, you know, teams covet. So I, I think we're getting good growth out of the back end uh, with players moving in the right direction with their careers and and. and you know, becoming those next level players. So it's, uh, it's going to be interesting. It's an exciting time and it's always an exciting time in the off season. But I think, you know, with Q and Durston, you know, there's some real tangible improvements we've made offensively. Mm-hmm. And the one, you know, the one kid that I'm really excited to see, which I think people thought was a bit of a, you know, an off the board 
pick was uh, Zach Bidrich because you know all the intel and dialogue we did on him is you know his he's obviously a tremendous athlete and and has the skill set that can transfer to the box game. Well, it is going to be fantastic uh, to watch how your Black Wolves progress this year, Glenn. Congratulations on another uh, gold medal with Team Canada and. Uh, good luck with Blackwell season coming up. Give my best to Clem, man. I haven't had a chance to catch up with Clem, and uh, I know he's he's had some tough times, so uh, make sure you pass along my best wishes to him, please. Yeah, I will do. And and in terms of Clem with, with his son, Addy, I think, you know, everything's moving along well, and, and it's sort of best-case scenario right now. Good, so good. I will pass that along, but uh, things things seem to be progressing in a, in a positive nature, so... I think, you know, from that standpoint, things are, 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 are in a good place. Love to hear it. Sounds like you're in a good place. Your Black Wolves are as well, and uh, we know Team Canada is sitting pretty for the next four years. Enjoy your world championship, man, and thanks for doing this again here on Lacrosse Classified. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me, guys. That was the professor, Glenn Clark. He's got another gold medal to his collection, Evan Schemenauer, and uh, looks like he's got his Black Wolves pointing in the right direction going into this season as well. Good balance up front there with those couple of moves. Just a couple of players can make such a difference. They get Durston, they get a high pick and Q, and that balances out nicely now with Crawford and Resiteris, like he was saying. Yeah, it's a, it's a good trend to see because they have a lot of several years where they didn't have a top draft pick. So now they're starting to get some of this youth back. It's coming their way. And like I said, there's two expansion teams in their division. Top two go to the playoffs automatically. Opportunity knocks for them. There you go. All right. Break time here on Lacrosse Classified. One more quarter to go. We'll have it for you on the other side. You got it right here on Lacrosse All-Stars Podcast Network. Associated Labels and Packaging is in the business of creating first impressions. They'll help you reflect your company values accurately by offering solutions that fit your product needs. With the latest in printing technology and over 35 years of experience, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit for your company to take your labels and packaging to the next level. Hey, this is Tyler Pace of the Calgary Roughnecks. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on Lax All-Stars. Growing the game one podcast at a time. We are back. This is Lacrosse Classified. I am Jake Elliott, and Evan Schemenauer is along with me here. He's in Saskatoon. I'm in Port Coquitlam. You got it right here on the Lacrosse All-Stars Podcast Network. Thanks to our friends at Associated Labels and Packaging. We're Sean Ashworth and the gang. Also, Evan Schemenauer, you made your trip down to Associated Labels and Packaging. Had a conversation with my man Tosh Nishimura. Yeah, uh, some very nice product. Um, you know, and the the environmentally friendly thing is the key to what they do. Their labels are stone paper; they're not actual paper. Uh, so, you know, less deforestation. Uh, a lot of oh, I thought you were saying like the, the paper was stone there for a second, Evan. I didn't know what you, where you're going with that. Yeah, no, and uh, you know the, <laughs> the packaging so- is <laughs> compostable and things like that, and. You know, we're looking ahead with what the business I'm working at. It's like, this is the wave of the future. This is what we got to start getting used to. And so we're going to be looking into this a little further this week. The paper was stoned, Evan. The stoned paper. Stoned. The paper stoned. was stoned. Yeah. Okay. I, I just think that went over your head the first time. I just wanted to be Yeah. Uh, <laughs> welcome back to Lax Class here. Final quarter, fourth quarter. 
here on Locks normally where we do who you got. But since there's no games to do who you got, I know I said off the top of the show there's always lacrosse going on, but there's not always lacrosse to do who you got for. So um, I think we're just gonna we're just gonna get into news and notes. But before we do, we got to give away we the hat. Get to a little, and, and we got to get to a little uh, year end wrap up here on who you got. Oh yeah, well that's a, a that's what that's, else. that's what I'm about to do right now. <laughs> We don't what we're about to about do right now. <laughs> Blake Melton, you won yourself a cowboy hat from Stampede Tech in Western Wear. Uh, how did Blake do last week, Evan? Undefeated. Under perfect record, five and zero for Blake. Five and, five and zero. Yep. Well, congratulations. He had the England game called correctly. Well, so did I. So did I. But it wasn't good enough, was it? Uh, it was not. At the end of it all, Evan, at the end of it all, I end up we both we both we had those extra games in there for last week. We both went seven and one. I end up at forty and twenty seven. You end up at forty one and twenty six, which is one stupid stinking single game better i blame it all on puerto rico evan i'm blaming it all on puerto rico remember that hey you gotta know this stuff a little better right you're broadcasting world you know what's going on around the lacrosse world right puerto rico job got me so with that being said you and kevin kind of got together started throwing around some ideas oh we it, did this before you lost yeah, so, well, so any, anyway, too, so. anyways it looks like i have been summoned to what am i doing here i'm doing like karaoke so to be, a country song yes so what's going to happen is i'm going to be posting this up on twitter just as the podcast is coming out the fans are going to get to pick. These are four songs that Kevin has selected, oh, being Friends man. in Low Places by Garth Brooks. Oh, man. I Feel Like a Woman by Shania Twain. No Plain. way. <laughs> Boots, Scoot, and Boogie, Brooks, and Dunn, and Rhinestone Cowboy, Glenn Campbell. Okay. And you guys are going to get to pick which well, song. You know, everybody's going to pick Shania Twain. Just take Shania off the list. <laughs> I got to draw a line here. I'm not doing Shania. Pick how about okay, uh, how about ride my horse down the old dirt road, whatever it is. What's okay, that no, one? No, 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 no. That's 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 not really a country. Well, song. so I'll, I'll find something for you. Okay, then. just no Shania because you know it's going to be a thousand percent vote for Shania, and I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Three of the four, okay. Pick it, a four. It, it's for the fans. Yeah, yeah. This this is going to live on the internet forever, Evan, and it's not you that's doing it. So. Easy for you to bo- say. Actually, it wouldn't have bothered me if I was the one doing it. I have a Puerto Rico, man. Puerto Rico. Uh, okay, so look for that little ditty coming out in, I don't know, the next couple of weeks, I suppose. We'll have to figure out how to make that all happen. Maybe well, I can go out. Open the show with the, like, we're going to open the show with the with the soundtrack. Yeah, that one, I, think, yeah. I swear. Maybe I, can <laughs> go, maybe I can go out to like the LEC and they can do it on a green screen or something and... Uh, Make it look fancy. We'll see. We'll see. We'll figure it out. So congratulations to you, Evan, winning who you got summer session by one stupid game. Stupid, stupid Puerto Rico. 
Um, congratulations to Blake Milton. That's the final hat we're going to give away until uh, we figure out what we're going to do for NLL season, which will we'll get fired up uh, November the 29th is when the NLL season begins. Um, mentioned, still don't know who's going to host the next World or, or World Indoor Lacrosse Championships. We've heard Israel. We've heard Prague, maybe Canada. We'll just have to wait for an announcement there. Uh, you want to lay out the World Indoor Lacrosse Championships All-Star teams, Evan? Or the All-Star yeah. team, if you will? Yeah, so the MVP, which is a separate vote, went to Cody Jameson. Um, and the guy was playing with the fire in his belly. Like, like he, he sometimes gets that way. Normally, he's pissed off when he gets that fire in his belly. But this one was, he just wanted to win it so bad for the Nationals that he had that fire going. Um, and then they pick a, 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 a line of players that is separate from the MVP. So your forwards were um, Mark Matthews and Randy Stotts. Transition player was Joel White from the U.S. The two defenders, Kyle Rubish and Graham Hosick from Canada. And Mike Poulin is the goaltender as well from Canada. A little bit of which was weird. little controversy there, yeah. Yeah, that uh, they were going to give it to Frankie Shiliano, who faced so much rubber this tournament. It was unbelievable. Uh, but they changed their minds during the course of the final yeah. and gave it to Mike Poulin. Which I suppose they have the right to do. The problem was is that they had already told Frankie that he had won and then had to go back and say, you know what, we changed our mind. That's not a good look. And I, no, no disrespect to Mike Poulin, like the guy – just won himself a gold medal. I think Frankie deserved it. There were a lot of these goaltending performances on these smaller nations where these goaltenders yeah, were just Craig Wendy from Germany. I think Warren Hill yeah. for the Iroquois was unreal. Uh, the Finland goalie was good. There were some good goalies there, Zach no doubt Hagen. about it. Yeah, Higgy. Yeah, absolutely. So, anyways, uh, there's your world all-star team. Um, a lot of people asking, actually, uh, I've seen a couple comments on Twitter about Doug Jameson not taking off his mask at the end of the game, of uh, the gold medal game. Listen, I'm sure it's as simple as Dougie was probably a little emotional and understandably so, not winning and having an injury and not being able to help his team. Was probably a little emotional, kept his mask on to try and, air quote, mask that. Don't make a big deal out of it. It's not. He wasn't doing it to be disrespectful to anybody. That's not Dougie. I'm sure he's just emotional at the time. Didn't want anybody to see it and just kept his mask on. Leave it alone. Not a big deal. No, there's so many other positive stories to talk about. You know, we talked about the American defense, and the American defense was probably the second best D in the entire tournament, and something they can look positive towards. Their offense. I'm still trying to figure out what the thought process was there. Um, they didn't seem to want to go inside. Matt Rabel wanted to seem to go inside, but he is about the only one. And there were times where, well, I'll tell you, they Evan, were six on five, and Kyle Rubish and Steve Priolo and Matt Beers and Graham Hot—they'll make you not want to come inside. You know that, right? Yeah, but I mean, if you're going to want to win a game, you're going to take some lumps. It's just the way it is, yeah. right? Well, when you're six on five. And you've got six guys along the perimeter, and you're shooting with 10 seconds to go on the shot clock from 35 feet. Yeah. You know, I, I don't get that. If you're they scoring had, on some goalies. You're not scoring on Mike Poulin like that. No. If you got, they get their offense going the right way, 
they got their defense. They've lost two tight games to the Iroquois. We might see them get up to the silver medal position. I think it's, I think, yeah. I mean, hey, like we might see the Iroquois with their defense that's going to be there in four years from now and those goaltenders four years older. Uh, Lyle's going to be in his prime. Chase Scanlon on the come up. Like things are changing and a lot can change in four years' time from now. And, and I think for both those clubs or, or teams, if you will, for the Iroquois and USA, like they're only going to get better. They're not getting any worse. They're not going to get any worse. So uh, yeah. look out. And, I mean, that goes for the entire world, Evan. Like that, England, Finland, Australia, Israel, they're all checks. They're all kind of right there knocking on the door that next tier down. But the gap is definitely closed. There's no doubting that. Well, think about this. If England had Jesse King in that bronze medal game. Yeah. Look could, out. Could there or even in just another now, quarter to play. Yeah, because they were down 10-1, and thank goodness, because the IOC's in the building, they're watching this, and they roar into this comeback. They fell short, fell short 11-8, yeah. but Heck of Tyson an effort. Rowe, what, what a tournament he uh, had. If he doesn't end and up on an LL roster this, this year, I, I, I give up. Like I don't, I don't know what he's got to do to prove he belongs in the National Lacrosse League. So we'll see if somebody wants to give Tyson Rowe a contract. Uh, the BC Lions might if a National Lacrosse League team doesn't, apparently. Uh, we gotta, we got to get out of here, Evan, but I just want to mention this before we go. President's Cup. I don't think we've mentioned this. It's going to be in St. Albert. The St. Albert Miners are hosting the President's Cup uh, coming up in 2020. That was announced just a while back. I'm not sure if I ever got it into the show, so I wanted to make sure I did that. Yeah, you did. Okay, good. Good to know. I probably told me before I put that out there. But anyways, uh, that's it. That's all I got. You got anything else? No, just uh, five weeks, four or five weeks till the training camp start with the NLL teams. We're going to probably be looking at doing some team previews in the next couple yeah, months and yeah. get some, so, somebody from each team on the on the show and that's kind of the plan. Give you insights to what's going to happen. We might even do maybe we'll even do two since we got what we got six seven weeks. We got thirteen teams. Why don't we kind of try and do two two well, teams so per we, episode? But, but I think also. The- PLPA is going to come on and give us an update what's yeah. happening there. Yeah, well, and, well, and then we want to get the commission to kind of kick off the season as well. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. But I kind of think maybe we'll do two teams, uh, one guest from each team, and just go. We'll start at the top. We'll start with Calgary and just work our way through uh, alphabetically and, and do a little preview for each team heading into training camp. I like that idea right on the fly. We're making it happen right here on Lax Class uh, while you listen. That's how it works. Okay, that's it. Uh, huge thank you to Chris Corbeil and to Glenn Clark for coming on the program, to our sponsors, of course, Pure Vital Labs, Associated Labels and Packaging, and Stampede Tack and Westernware. We're hoping to add a fourth here in the next month or so. Uh, so I'll put that out there as well. We got room for one more sponsor if you happen to be interested. I'm going to go find one if you're not, but if you are, you there's a spot open. Just putting it out there. Um, and, of course, you, the loyal listener, for listening to Lacrosse Classified every single Tuesday right here on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. Hit that subscribe button. Never have to worry about it again. The show on Instagram is at Lacrosse Classified. Twitter at Lax Class. Evan is at Shemlax. And I'm at PXP, the number four Sports, you're up to date 
with everything you know what's going on in the world of lacrosse. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next Tuesday. For Evan Scheminar, I've been Jake Elliott. And for the fastest game on two feet. And for the creator, enjoy the games, everybody. <laughs>